This is the What Now Podcast. I'll give you three words for success, and I've never forgotten it. And we were kind of hanging on the edge of our seat to see what those words would be. And he said, come follow me. Welcome to the What Now Podcast. Join Mary Alice Hatch in this episode as she talks with parents of young families, teenage families, and empty nesters about how they approach the Come Follow Me program in their own unique way. The take-home message is that no family is going to do it perfectly, but it will be perfect for their family. We invite you to come along with Mary Alice Hatch. Okay, today we're going to be speaking with Kim Gardner about how she uses the Come Follow Me program at home with her husband now that she is an empty nester. Kim, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start with you sharing just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how many kids you have, etc. Okay, I was born in California, lived here my whole life. I converted to the church at age 18 and went to BYU, graduated from their nursing school, married my husband there. We've been married now for 42 years. We've got 17 grandkids and two on the way. And we've got six children. I had kids in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I feel like I continue having kids because I have been teaching seminary for the last 12 years, and I absolutely love teenagers. Wow, 12 years as a seminary teacher. That's incredible. It's been an incredible journey. I've loved it. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. So today we'd like to just ask you a few questions about how you're using the Come Follow Me program now that you're an empty nester and you just became an empty nester last year, right? Yes. Actually, our daughter is completing her sophomore year of college. So it's been the last two years, kind of off and on when she comes back and forth from school. Oh, great. So now that you're an empty nester, how have you approached the Come Follow Me program since it's just you and your husband? Oh, it always makes me laugh a little bit because I love the gospel so much and I love everything that we're taught to be and do and the direction we're given. And Come Follow Me as empty nester has been a little bit of a challenge for us. It really has. Just the two of us kind of making sure we get it together. It seems like when you have children you're on it. You're just right there with them and and you're making sure that it happens. But when it's a couple, you're like, oh, we'll do it in the morning. Oh, we'll do it at night. I'm tired. Oh, we'll do it in the morning. Sometimes there's things (laughs) that get in the way. Yeah, I can see that. Well, you have so much more flexibility because you're not running around your kids' schedules. I can totally see that. Yes. So why is it sometimes easier to do these programs with a family than just as the couple? With the family, you feel like the sense of purpose of gathering your kids together and you're unified and teaching them the gospel. And then when you're on your own, it's just the both of you and you know you love the gospel. So maybe the pressure's off a little bit. That's a really good point. That's a good way to put it. Because I think the pressure is off. You and your husband have your callings. I'm getting a lot of my scripture study, preparing for seminary. I do... One thing that I do love is my husband will ask me when I get home from seminary, what, Kim, what did you teach today? How did it go? And we'll sit down sometimes for up to 30 minutes and just talking about seminary and the lesson. And it's not quite coordinating with Come Follow Me. But when we do that, I feel like we're having kind of a Come Follow Me, but not really following the exact place that we are. And that has to work for us as well. 
That's true. Just having a little bit of flexibility and making it not so programmed. I mean, the goal is really to come follow me, right? To come unto Christ, to draw us closer to Christ. And that can be done in different ways. Yeah, I really love that. Several years ago before Come Follow Me, in fact, maybe 20 years ago, we had a state conference and our state president, President Wolfenden, he said, I'll give you three words for success. And I've never forgotten it. And we were kind of hanging on the edge of our seat to see what those words would be. And he said, come follow me. And I love that this program is called Come Follow Me because I think it is a program of success for having the love of the Savior and putting him in your life every day when it works right. But I do think we need to be flexible that it's not always going to work exactly like you want it to, but you just hang in there and keep going. And that's the key, some sort of consistency. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. In fact, sometimes we're in the car. I'm like, okay, here you are. I'm whipping out my phone. I've got come follow me on it. And (laughs) my husband feels trapped. (laughs) You're trapped. You can't get out. And I have the app open. (laughs) I think another good thing is sometimes with your husband or with your wife, either way, some people really enjoy a lot of study of the scriptures and really getting into it. And other people study in a different way, little bits at a time. So I think someone pointed out to me one time, you know, let your husband know this is going to just be for 15 minutes. We could even set a timer so that he knows you're not going to be there all night talking about what you're talking about and they've got to get to work and they have other things to do. So I think that was a really good suggestion. That helps. Well, that is a good suggestion, having some sort of a time frame. So for someone who might not want to sit and go in depth on things, that might be kind of reassuring to know that there's <laughs> there's a time frame. Where yeah, there's they... a out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the whole point too is that, you know, for some people, like you were saying, I'd like that you pointed out, some people like going really deep into the scriptures and really researching and having long, lengthy discussions. And then for other people, that really does not work for them and breaking it up into little pieces. And I kind of like in the beginning of the Come Follow Me program, they do say, you know, use this in any way that works for your family. Oh, I love that, Mary Alice. I really do, because I think it's so true. You and your spouse are often attracted to each other because you do do things a little bit different. And so you don't want to force them into your type of scripture study. And Come Follow Me is for individuals. So I look at a lot of this stuff myself, and I go in depth a lot of it by myself, and I really enjoy it. And then sometimes my husband and I will get together and I'll say, I really like this. What did you like? So it doesn't have to be studying everything right there together, but maybe discussing what you studied individually. Yeah, and that's a really good point because we just became empty nesters this last year too when our youngest son went off to college. And it was interesting because we had kind of the same situation you did when the kids are home. It's easier to kind of gather everyone. And it's like a family home evening and family church because the temples and churches are closed. So now our homes are our churches, our teaching grounds. So there's a little bit more pressure to do this. And some people feel pressured and some people feel like it's just this amazing opportunity. So for those that are out there feeling kind of pressured and they're not sure where to go with this, but they want to do it, you know, maybe just taking bite-sized pieces is the way to start out. I agree. And I think just having some gospel discussions with your spouse, like it might not work. It's not a one-size-fits-all. 
just like I said, even individually, if you want to study it, say that your husband or your wife, they don't do it the way you do. But just study it yourself and say, hey, I was thinking about this today. I was reading the Come Follow Me and it was talking about love one another and maybe a story that went along with it. And I think that you can discuss that. Or there's videos. If you're a visual person, my husband and I watched one of the videos last night with King Benjamin. And I love videos. It gives you something to talk about. And it's real easy. And they, you notice they make them short. So you're not sitting there forever. Yes. I like the five minutes and under concept. (laughs) I do too. I do too. It works for teenagers. And I think we're just older teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Especially in this day and age when we're so used to everything being so instant, our, you know, attention spans are a bit shorter. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I think the whole idea for us is to be mindful of Christ to, as we study together, And as we have a guideline, because sometimes it's hard for people to study without a guideline, and Come Follow Me is wonderful for that. But I think as we study together, we get into the mind of Christ. We start to think about Him more, and we start to follow better. And I think that's just the idea, is that we have something that we're continuously doing that continuously keep us on that path. And that's where joy is, is the, the days I even ask my husband. The days that we have it together, that's not always, I'll let you know that, but the days that we do, it feels good. You love starting out your day or ending your day with just really being mindful and thoughtful of Christ and the world around you. I really love that. I think it's a very inspired program. I think so too. And especially since now we are having church in our homes and we have a manual that gives us a perfect outline to do that. I really like taking it in little bite-sized pieces. I know. For us, we just do kind of chunks of it each time. They have, you know, paragraphs throughout Come Follow Me, and we just take a paragraph and work on that, and that works really well for us. And then I have other friends where they sit down and they do the whole thing together for like an hour. So, you know, everybody has kind of their different program that works for them. And I think yeah. that's why they've laid it out that way. Yeah, I really like that, Mary um, Alice. You're right. And now it's so inspired because we're in our homes now. We have a curriculum. We have something that we can look at. It looks like it's pretty flexible as well. It's in little segments, and you can take little segments. But if you you find that you don't have time, your husband's on a business trip when we're living our normal lives, anything like that, we know that we can do a little more if we want to. Or you know what? I'll be honest with you. Sometimes we're driving to church, and I'm like, all right, Aaron, we're going to Sunday school. We got to make sure we got this. I don't think we'll read it. We'll just crack up and we'll get an idea. But you just have to be flexible. Yeah, you have to be flexible and realistic about your situation for sure. And so, what advice would you give the listeners who struggle with the program or wanting to do better? Well, what I would say is just start somewhere and don't be programmed. Take the time, like maybe each day, ask what's a good time that we could get together today and do this. Do you have Like if I try to push it on my husband and he's late for something, he has to go to work. It's never going to work. He's just going to get frustrated. Or if they come home and they're tired at night. So kind of assess your day a little bit. Maybe today's not a good day. And maybe you could do it tomorrow and do a little bit more. Maybe you can say, hey, we're kind of just feeling mindless right now. Let's just sit down and watch a video and we'll kind of talk about the video that's in it. But I just think just it's just like anything. 
When you're consistent, it feels good. Whether it's exercise for physical or spiritual reading, when you're consistent, it just becomes a part of you. So just take that little bit, whoever you are, don't try to be like anybody else. Don't compare to someone else who's having a devotional for two and a half hours. I mean, that's great too, but it's your life. And this life's meant to be hard. It's meant to work things out. One other piece of advice that I really like is Jeffrey Holland. A few conferences ago, he showed a little video clip about how he went down the wrong road to know which road was the right road. And I kind of feel like that. If you don't just give it up and throw it to the wind because it hasn't been working, you just know that road doesn't work. Do something that's a little bit easier that works out for you and your husband. Yeah, I like that. I like that video. I remember that, how he went down the wrong road, but he knew quickly that it was the wrong road so he could turn around and do something else. And that's it. Sometimes we try to force it and then it creates contention. So the point is to not have contention because we want to be (laughs) Christ-like. We want to love our spouse and have it be something that brings us together, not divides us. So... You know, I know for my personal experience, when I have done it, it does strengthen my relationship with my spouse. It does give me added insight to hear someone else's opinion, you know, because when you're just doing it on your own, it's just your own thoughts, your own opinions. And when you can share that with your significant other, that adds a lot of value to the study. Has that been your experience at all? It really has. And I think it kind of opens up a line of communication because you may start off talking about whatever the principle is. And then you'll think about things in your life. And sometimes it just brings a conversation more personal into your life when you're with your spouse. I love that. And then we get maybe talking about other things, but it opens up an avenue to talk about some of the things we need to talk about. And it puts you in the right frame of mind. It's just a little bit of quiet time right now with your spouse. I was going to say right now we're home a lot. And so in some ways, there's some ideal to it and some not. But once the floodgate opens and out we go again, I hope that myself, I can cherish the times that we have had a little bit of extra time. We've had church in our home to see that that we can do it and how it feels and how it draws us closer to each other. I hope we can hang on to that and, and keep that when the floodgates open and out we go again to our regular lives. And that's really true. I mean... You know, if your husband, does your husband travel for work or he's out of town? I mean, because usually that is what limits a lot of this interaction is, you know, early work start times, husbands traveling, husbands are gone, and then you don't really have that connection time, but now everyone's grounded and everyone's home. So it allows for a lot of great opportunities for discussion. And it's true because sometimes, you know, we'll have a principal, we'll be talking about something, come follow me. That relates to one of our kids. And then we have a good discussion about that child and what we should do and how, you know, we navigate our own family life. So it's kind of nice because it does open up discussion for other things that we need to be talking about. Oh, absolutely. And it gives you that little spiritual time and exactly things that are going on with your family, your children. It gets you talking and, and feel free. The program, I believe, is there for you to open it up and make it personal to your life. And yeah, maybe you might start talking about a child and concerns you have and something you can do, but it's that it's that sacred time that you can get together. And I, I really love that. And I, I also want to say, as anything that we try to do that's good, 
when we feel like we're not perfect at it, we drop it and we don't do it anymore. And we all just kind of have that tendency like, well, that didn't work. But just know that the goal, I think you said it, Mary Alice, is to to follow Christ and to have him in your life and to be mindful and to come closer to the Savior. Think of that as a goal. So anything that we do that day that makes us mindful of him is worth it. And we're never like a loser, like, oh, I'm not good at that. There's nothing to be good at. You just need to be moving in that direction. And when you do it with your spouse, it brings a really, a really neat togetherness. Yeah, it does. It's unifying. And you're, I mean, our whole goal is to draw closer to Christ in this life, right? And to honor our covenants. You know, we've been through the temple. We know the importance of that. And we're constantly guided towards Christ and our efforts in doing that. And this program just helps us be even better. It's not to be making us feel guilty and to give us another program that we have to follow. It's really just to bring us closer to Christ and give us the opportunity to do it if we want, if we want to. We all have agency. And it's just another tool to use to bring us closer to Christ. Yeah, I love that. And and make it work. And if you have a spouse that's not wanting to do it, it's also for the individual. It doesn't mean that your marriage isn't going well. Just everybody's not the same. They really aren't. And so you're never out of not following the program or not taking part in Come Follow Me because you can always do that on your own as well. And you'll find as you pray and feel the Holy Ghost that say you are doing, say your husband's not as interested as in it that you are, but you'll find that the Holy Ghost will whisper some little things that you might say in a conversation that you learned from that. And that way you're bringing it into your marriage too. So I think there's all kinds of ways to bring the gospel into your life and to bring that opportunity to follow Christ. And I just don't want myself or others to feel like if I don't do it this way, then I'm not doing it. And that's just not true. The Lord's got all kinds of ways for us to be able to participate in the Come Follow Me program. I love that. Well, we'll end with that. Thank you so much, Kim. Is there anything you want to share in addition to what we talked about? No, I just want to tell everybody that I feel the love for them as much as I do for teenagers. I love the Lord to pieces. His ways are my ways. I know that I'm constantly learning and I know this is a way to do that, and I pray everybody can feel the love of the Lord. Uh, Thank you so much. Today we are going to be speaking with Casey Kirkland about he and his wife, Ashley, and how they use the Come Follow Me program at home with their young family. So Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So why don't we just start with you sharing a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how many kids you have, and et cetera. Yeah, so Ashley, my wife and I, we've been married a little over 10 years. We have three boys, Chase, who is seven, Jimmy, who's five, and Augie, who is two. We live in in San Clemente, California. We've been here six years. Before that, we were up in Utah. Ashley and I, uh, we met at BYU, right? When I was graduating from college, the semester I was graduating, I met her just in the nick of time. (laughs) Perfect. Good. You found your eternal companion last semester? Yep. And there's a buzzer beater for sure. (laughs) Okay. So I just want to talk to you a little bit since you have a young family, what it looks like for you when you do the Come Follow Me program or just whatever home church program you're 
you're doing in your home right now? Because our homes really are our churches right now. The churches are closed, the temples are closed, and now our homes have become this gathering spot where we're trying to teach our kids the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you have a young family, so it's going to look a little bit different for you than the other people we're interviewing with high schoolers and empty nesters. So why don't you just describe what a typical home church scenario looks like for your family? Yeah, well, I think it's just to back up, I think it's ironic that I'm even talking to you about this because anyone who's in my ward or goes to church with us knows my kids are the worst behaved kids in Sacrament meeting. So <laughs> I'm chasing kids around nonstop. My kids often find themselves up on the stand. So it's pretty hectic. Anyway, so with that being said, this home center church program has kind of been a breath of fresh air because we've been able to spend a little more time together and not be so uptight and nervous about how our, our kids are in Sacrament meeting. So, and it's also been good. I served in, in the young men's program for like 10 years. And so I just feel like I don't get to see my kids in primary or how they are in their classes and things like that. So it's really fun to, to spend some much needed like bonus time with them in regards to church. As far as the program at home, I will say we are getting better every week. I think at first it was pretty, it was pretty overwhelming. Just trying to figure out how to navigate this how long it was really going to last. But when we took a step back, we realized the church's program, this Come Follow Me home study program, it's so simple. I mean, it's really like all laid out right there for you. And so all the resources are there. And we, you know, as a church are just so prepared for something like this, which is prophetic to think, you know, all these strides they've made in the last couple of years to get a program like this in place. Oh, totally. And then giving us a year to kind of implement it before this whole COVID-19 scenario happened. Yeah, I mean, 100%. So anyways, it's, you know, I can kind of walk you through where we started with this whole thing and kind of where we are currently. I guess my wife mentioned it to me. I think we're about six weeks in, right? Yeah. Um, From a perspective of of this quarantine and kind of being on lockdown for the most part. And so, you know, when we we first started, it's it's funny, I remember it was a Sunday morning, started like any other Sunday morning, kind of get up, make some breakfast, kids are watching cartoons or whatever, and kind of the morning dragged on. I remember looking at my wife and I was like, oh, we can do, we can have the sacrament, you know, so let's, let's like, let's have the sacrament. And um, so she said, great. You know, so we... I got some plates out, some cups out, and had the bread and water, and then um, had the kids come in and sat down. I said, hey, you know, we can do sacrament from home since we can't go to church. And so we did We did the sacrament there in our in our family room, and I was super proud of myself. You know, we did the sacrament and then said a prayer, and then they kept continuing on with it, whatever they were doing, watching cartoons or playing in the backyard or whatever it was. And I really remember, like, thinking, like, yes, we did this, you know? <laughs> later that afternoon, I went on to Instagram and I was seeing like all these people posting their their pictures of their home church. And I'm seeing friends like with suit and tie on, and their dresses are on, their kids are all dressed up, and they have a bulletin board with the program, <laughs> and and like the whole thing, you know, from like start to finish was totally planned out. And I felt so bad, like oh my gosh, I just like. We were so disrespectful. Like I was in my sweats and t-shirt, you know, and we didn't plan anything out. We just, just decided to do it. And yeah. I that was good. And I, and I felt, I felt bad, you know? And so that was week one, just to give you 
an idea, but it was it was kind of a weird mix of emotion on how I thought we did versus how I was comparing myself to others simply based on their social media posts. And that's the tricky part about the social media is the comparison element, right? I mean, we're not meant to compare each other and everyone has their own way of doing it, which is why we're doing this podcast to help people realize there's no one right way to do it. It's just whatever works for your family, right? Right. So what did you do after that? Did you change into a suit and tie next week? (laughs) So I I sat back and I thought about it. And, um, you know, one thing that's important to me is that we get better each week, right? And we're never going to be like the model family. It's just super hard, obviously, with my kids and their ages. But I, I started the next week. I said, you know what? I want my kids to know like that the sacrament is a sacred ordinance. And I want them to know that I have a respect for the Lord. And when I'm acting in his name and administering sacrament, you know, I should be, I should be dressed up. So I did put on a, ever since then, I have had a white shirt and tie on for for church. I've kind of made some, some bullets and I'll I'll share those with you as far as um, kind of my thoughts on it as, as kind of the priesthood holder in the, in the home. And like I mentioned, I think one is just showing respect for the sacrament being a sacred ordinance. So for me personally, I think it's important for my boys to see like when I'm doing an ordinance and acting in the Lord's name that I am dressed up. I have a white shirt tie on no matter where we are. So you kind of model the sacredness of that ordinance by dressing appropriately for it so they can kind of see, okay, he's not in his normal day-to-day clothes. He's in church clothes. So that tells us this is important. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so what does it look like? What, do you do an activity? Do you do something that's relatable to your kids? Do you do interactive or do you, do you just tell them something or do you show them a video? What does that look like for your age group? Yeah. So again, we do, we, we're not going to have a lot of time. And so I found just each week being better, being more prepared. The church has all the material there. I only have a short amount of time. And so my plan going in, I, I'll, I'll have one of the boys lead, you know, and welcome everyone to church. And uh, they will kind of make up announcements if they have any announcements they want to bring. They'll tell us what song we're going to sing. And then we will, uh, and they'll assign someone to say the prayer. We sing and, and say our prayer, and then we move into the lesson portion. And so on the lesson portion, my wife and I will rotate and we'll pull something from that week's subject for for come follow me it's really important for me personally and for ashley as well that our kids see us using the scriptures so i'll try every week to at least read one verse from an actual book not from my phone because i want to see i want them to see us reading the physical scriptures scriptures. that's a super important thing Mm -hmm. to us and our family yeah so how do you get them involved i mean you had mentioned to me before the podcast, one of the like fun things was built, you know, t- King Benjamin was the topic this last week. And so what did you have ki- your kids do? My kids are on this Lego kick. They are just like obsessed with Legos during the quarantine. It's just, they get up at six in the morning, they're work- doing their Legos till six o'clock at night. So we told Jimmy, my, my middle child, that, you know, he was in charge of making a tower that we were going to talk about a prophet. And that it was important for him to make as big as a tower as he could make. And he was going to put one of his Lego guys on the top of the tower. And then also to build like a temple and some, some grounds around the temple. 
And so Jimmy got so excited. He made this really big tower and he grabbed one of his Lego guys and he put it on top. So they were really curious, like, what are we talking about here? And uh, so I gave them, you know, as we moved in the lesson, I gave them the backstory on on King Benjamin and he was, he was dying and he wanted to talk to the people and share a message with them. And he had them all gathered together. And uh, so many people showed up, you know, they couldn't believe it. And so he had to build this big tower, you know, so they could hear from him. And I told him as well, like, guess what? Even then people still couldn't hear. So they, they had someone, you know, record all the things that he was saying. And so some of these things are so important that I'm going to share them with you guys today. So they really, I mean, they were really, focused on that. And I love that you're including your kids in the level that they can contribute, like the Lego tower. That's perfect. You know, building the anticipation. They're all excited. They're building this huge tower. Wow. What are we going to talk about? And then they're invested. They're contributing something to the lesson. That's awesome. Two weeks ago, I decided we needed to get better than the week prior. So I made it a point that we have the kids get dressed up into their church clothes And while they're getting dressed, I went downstairs and I set up the sacrament. I got a little table, plastic table. I put it out in the family room, put the sacrament out, covered it up with a white cloth. I then um, put some Motabs on, set the mood, had the kids come down so they'd be nice and calm. And uh, as we were walking downstairs, Jimmy kind of darted at the table and kind of made a move at it. I said, whoa, 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 and backed off. It's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I thought it was a fork, you know? I just wanted to go inside of it. And uh, well, he said, thinks no, it's no, a fork? So <laughs> he sits down and um, we are, you know, we start we start the program, Chase is conducting, we have a song, and then, you know, Jimmy's just staring at this table, just fixated on it. It's like he can't get it out of his mind. And he just stands up on the couch. He's like, I can't help it. And he just jumps and just dive bombs on the sacrament table and wipes <laughs> the whole thing out. And uh, water flying in the air, bread everywhere. It, it, you know, as you can imagine, he was happy, but he felt super bad. He had no idea what was under it. He just knew it was a fort that I built maybe for an object lesson. So anyways, to come full circle on it, this week, Jimmy did a great job. He built the tower for King Benjamin and... He uh, was listening the whole time, and we asked him again to say the closing prayer. So he got on his knees, and he, again, he's just my five-year-old, but he actually gives really good prayers. And and in the prayer, he said how thankful he was for King Benjamin, and that he hoped that King Benjamin would have a good day in heaven. So it's like little wins like that that I feel like, which seems so insignificant, but but for parents that have been through it, you know, like that was such a special moment. Yeah. And it's all about the little wins, right? I mean, that's the thing. So many people get fixated on the whole thing being so perfect and everyone's totally attentive. It's really the little wins. And the fact that he got it at the end and said a special prayer for King Benjamin in heaven that he'd have a great day <laughs> and that he connected with it in his own way. And you allowed him the opportunity to do that with the Legos and just, you know, making it relatable to someone of that age. That's perfect. Yeah. Because we can't expect these kids to be perfect. They're just not capable at that age. So so adv- what advice would you share with other young families who are trying to hold this Come Follow Me on Sundays and things are kind of blowing up and they're getting frustrated? <laughs> yeah. So I think a couple things. One is just repetition. Like just keep doing it every week. Yeah. Um, no matter where you are, you know, 
do it. If you're at mom and dad's house, if you're at some other location, have sacrament. doesn't matter what you're wearing. It's important for the kids to know that it's not going anywhere and that this is very important. Yeah, consistency, the consistency factor of it. Yeah. Right. The other thing is just being prepared. And I think, again, like the church has all the materials. So, we, you know, we, we don't have to do a ton. But I just notice the more prepared I am for that small amount of time, the more effective it's going to be. Right. So even if it's just like half an hour before, you know, getting things set up, you know, instead of just jumping right into it is important because I want to take advantage of, of just the only few minutes of their attention that I have. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, what do you have like a good five to 10 minutes of solid attention? So it's really key to have something prepared that they can grab onto in those five to 10 minutes so that they can get something out of it. I love that the preparation factor and consistency. Those two things are key with anything that you want to be successful in. I was thinking back, like why it's so important for me to do this and to be repetitive and to, you know, have it every single week. And uh, even though it doesn't go super smooth, I just look back on my childhood years growing up. My parents were really good at having like early morning scripture study before we went to school. And it was like at six in the morning. And, you know, to be honest, I didn't ever listen, right? I would just have a blanket over me. And when it was my turn, I, I would read, but I wouldn't pay attention to any of it. But, you know, as I look back on it, Again, seeing that this was something that was so important to my parents was like instilled in me in a very young age. And it made me curious as far as like, why was this so important to them, you know, to go through all this effort of their kids whining and complaining, but continually doing it day in and day out. And so that was a really important like testimony builder for me in shaping kind of who I am. Yeah, that's interesting that you acknowledge that you didn't remember it. You weren't really listening, but you remember the consistency of them doing it and that there must have been something important because that was so consistent and present throughout your childhood. And that's true. Sometimes we worry so much that they're gleaning major information from everything we're saying, but really we're establishing a pattern for them to follow. So when they're adults, it becomes important to them because they see that it was so important to us. Yes, you know, like there's a reason behind it. And sometimes you don't understand that till you're older. You know, to be honest, as I thought more about like sharing my thoughts on this, I am like super grateful for this time that I've been able to have as a family. I remember when these church programs came out and we shortened, you know, time in church and things like that. There was this big push. I don't know who said it, but we talked a lot about borrowed light, you know, and, and, and not relying on borrowed light. And I feel like that's, that's what's going on here is no longer am I able to rely on my church leaders and teachers to teach my children. It's all up to me right now. And I've seen this progression over the last six weeks to where at first I was pretty lackadaisical about it and then realizing like, wait a second, if I'm not going to do this, they're not going to be taught, you know, and they're not going to know who Christ is or what the sacrament is. So ultimately this is up to me. And so instilling these, these principles in them and creating this foundation will help them. And so I feel like it's such a privilege as a parent to participate in this forever, however long it is. I love that. Just kind of taking ownership of it and not requiring, you know, someone else to do the work for you, but to take it on and not live off the borrowed light anymore, but to actually share the light directly with your own family. I mean, it's just, again, this is our opportunity to like have a Christ centered home. It is a great privilege, and I'm 
I'm glad we're able to do this. Yeah, I am too. And I've kind of felt that way. And I ha- I'm an empty nester. And now I have both of my college kids home because they've closed the schools and everyone's come back home. And what an incredible opportunity it's been to be able to have home church and to have open conversations and to have them share how they feel about things and questions that they have that they probably wouldn't have asked if we were in church. It's a unique opportunity to kind of tap into what they're concerned about, what they're thinking about, and be able to to answer their questions and to teach them and to help them gain a greater understanding of this gospel. Yeah, and don't you feel like they're opening up more and more each week? Yes. I assume so, right? Yep. Yep, definitely. I think it's a great opportunity for us to be able to teach our kids, no matter what ages they are. Your kids are young, so you're laying the foundation. My kids are older, and they still need to build on their foundation, right? No one can take a week off, really. Especially, you know, they keep talking about that in conference, and President Nelson has really emphasized uh, the responsibility for us to take ownership over our own relationship with Christ. How do we hear him? And that is a theme he's now really started. How do we hear him? You know, he wants us to have a connection to Jesus Christ and to really focus on how we hear him. And, you know, with little kids, we can teach them ways that they feel the spirit or they can hear him through these good feelings, warm feelings in their heart or feelings of peace that they might have. So there's different ways to teach that at different ages. And you're doing a great job teaching your kids and the way that works for your family. And there's no one right way. I think it's important just to get better each week, you know, to not admit that we're not perfect. We don't have this fully dialed in, but also strive to be better, you know, and not just be content with being mediocre at it. Right. But right. trying each week to get better and um, not just so you can have a killer Instagram post, but so you can really make a difference in the lives of your, your kids and in yourself and your spouse. That is perfect. Well, we'll end with that. Thank you so much, Casey. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your experience with us. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Thanks. Today, we're going to be speaking with Sarah Davis about how she uses the Come Follow Me program at home with her teenage and young adult family. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, so glad to be here. Thanks. So why don't we start with you sharing a little bit about yourself and where you're from and how many kids you have, et cetera. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, I actually grew up, I I was born in South Pasadena area of LA, but I've lived basically what I consider a gypsy lifestyle. I've moved all over my whole life, both in the States and lived overseas in England when I was little and then went to BYU and met my husband and he joined the Air Force for medical school. So I continued this gypsy lifestyle. So we moved overseas as a family, myself, my husband, and my my kids, and have lived all over as well. But we finally settled here in San Clemente, and we're hoping to stay here for the long term. But um, yeah, so I I, uh, went to BYU. I served a mission in Minnesota. I ended up going to law school while my husband was in medical school and really loved that. I was a debate nerd in high school, and so I was like super... I'd always wanted to do that, and and but then while I was in law school, we were dirt poor. Neither my husband, we're solidly middle class families, but we didn't. Neither of us got money from our parents who put ourselves through school and all that. And so, looking for a way to make money while I was in law school, I started selling on eBay. And basically, that little business that I started back in '99 kind of just like blew up. And 
still doing it today. So I have a, a business that we're, we sell um, pre-owned luxury accessories. So all Gucci, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Hermes, all your favorite brands, we sell those online. And so, yeah, I've been doing that for like 20 years. We have, our headquarters is in Carlsbad. So I've got four beautiful children. They're The youngest is 14, a 14-year-old girl and a 16-year-old boy. And then a daughter who just came home early from her mission in Chile, they sent all the missionaries home. So she is back home with me too. And then my oldest daughter was at BYU and she is back with us as well. So we've got all you know, from 14, 16, and then 19, 21-year-olds in the house. Okay. So you've got a good collection of teenage and young adults in your house. Yeah, to add to the flavor, my mom, my, my, my parents served a mission, a couple missions together. And my, and my dad's last mission in Argentina, they discovered that he had a brain tumor. They came home early and he passed very quickly, which was tragic for all of us. But the tiny blessing, we have my mom living with us, which is fun and adds another element, let's just say, and some entertainment. But yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And I like having the background on that so our listeners can understand that you've got some teenagers in the home and you've got some older, more mature kids, one that's home from a mission and an older child. So when you get together for your home church and you're come follow me, what does that look like with older kids? How do you approach that? Yeah, it's interesting because so, you know, obviously when my kids were little, there's a, you know, there's so many distractions and it's hard to keep them focused and all that. And you know, the bickering, you know, and he's sitting by me, whatever. And then the weird thing is it doesn't end. <laughs> like, I mean, it's still, <laughs> it's almost more like more distractions, you know, now with social media, things are watching on TV, just things sleeping. I mean, like uh, the hilarious thing, our, our come follow me, we, we were, we decided to actually, we do a sacrum meeting first and then we do come follow me after. And on Sunday, my husband, who this is a long story, but he's actually not with us right now. He's a, like I said, he's a doctor and he's not able to be with us right now. So we have him on iPads around and he's like, okay, we're doing, let's do this at 10 o'clock. We can have this appointment going. And I couldn't get the kids up. Half my kids were asleep at 10 a.m. Which is just, you know, I, the hilarious thing is when they were little, it bothered me because they would be up at like 5.30, like peeling my eyeballs open. And now yeah. it's like, up, it's 10. What are you doing? So Yeah, different scenario. You know, so for us, we've, we've kind of done these couple things. We decided to have a time and then we get dressed for church. And that's been really important. And it's something like prior to COVID, when we had Come Follow Me, we didn't necessarily we're not a family that we you know that we necessarily stay in our church clothes all day long I do sometimes just because I'm too lazy to change or whatever but I don't we don't have a point of that there's no rule in our family about that and so most of the time we did come follow me before COVID we're just you know my kids are wearing whatever and it's fine I never had a you know we never had a rule around that or kind of any kind of standard to that. But what we realized during COVID, and you and I talked about this a little bit before, is that it's like Groundhog Day every day. I mean, every yes. day feels the same. <laughs> yeah, you need something to differentiate it. Yeah, right, exactly. Because, you know, normally Sundays feel so wonderful a lot of time because it's go, 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 go all week long. And it feels just so nice, you know, to have nothing planned. And then you can plan good things to fill your Sunday. 
But now when we, when every single day is the same, you know, in a lot of ways, the same start that there's, you know, really only structure that we give to it. And even that we've, we've said a lot of different structural things that have kind of gone out the window. And so, you know, we just decided for us, one thing that makes it feel special or different in any way is just to get dressed in church clothes. Yeah, it's an opportunity to get out of sweats one day a week. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it feels different. It definitely feels different because, you know, it makes puts you in a different little bit of a different mindset. For us on Sunday, we have, my husband is not here with us, and but my 16-year-old son is here. And so my husband is in with us on a FaceTime video. And my son will, you know, is able to bless and help us with the sacrament. On Sunday, when we have that special time, I don't know, it just feels so, I think we all need it, you know, like we need a Sunday right now. Like, it's like every day is in sweats and in comfort wear and we're home yeah. and all that, but but it, it's not, it's not a calm, peaceful, you know, day to day. There's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of stress, a lot of unknowns, you know, a lot of there's people who are, are sick and then there's people who are worried about getting sick. There's, you know, like I so said, my mom lives with us. She's 74 and we worry about her. And, you know, so there's a lot of that. And it's, so it's just really nice to have this, you know, this time on Sunday. It feels really different. Well, how have you had, how have you liked having it at home versus being at church? Because a lot of families are saying they just like it almost better. Their kids are giving more in-depth comments. They're participating. Their conversations are a little deeper because it's just your family. Yeah. It's really, and again, I, I, feel, I feel for people with young children because it's hard, I know, harder. And my kids do have more, have, you know, they've got better attention spans than they did when they were little. But I totally agree. Like, the thing that's interesting is because we know our kids. So we gauge, we, we don't have a specific time length for a come follow me. Like, we don't, there's not a, a goal to get to, a, we're not, we don't do it for an hour. We go for as long as the conversation around the topic kind of as we plan goes. And sometimes that can be longer for, than an hour or it can be shorter than an hour. It depends on the conversation. We all have that chance to kind of talk about things that are relevant to our own personal situation. And we can get a little more real and a little more raw and like a little more yes really personal because you can just say it. And it, there's no one's worried about, you know, anybody else hearing or, you know, and so it's been really it's been really great, actually. I'm so glad to hear that because that has been kind of the consensus I've been getting with when talking to families that have older kids. They're saying, you know, they're asking questions they wouldn't normally ask if they were in a church setting because they're in the comfort of their own home and they feel safe and secure in asking those questions or doubts or concerns they might have about certain things that are talked about, and then they can talk through it as a family. We've been prepped for this is what we feel like. I feel like, the you know, the, we've gotten revelation from the prophet that has that we're seeing like come, you know, to reality in front of our very eyes. This last week we talked about King Benjamin just from this last Sunday and, you know, comparing, they were talking about, we watched the little video that was in the actual lesson on Come Follow Me um, as part of our lesson. And it shows King Benjamin, all the people in their tents looking at him. And we were kind of talked about, my kids were like talking about how cool it was that we're watching our prophet and we're all in our tents in our houses. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, yeah, that's that. interesting to relate it that way. Yeah. To have everybody back here whenever, when people are older and able to really contribute to meaningfully to the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, it's been really nice, actually. 
Oh, yeah. And especially having your daughter just come home from her mission and what she can contribute and probably makes her feel good being able to contribute since she's not proselyting. She's not on her mission. She's in this intermission stage right now to be able to contribute and share her insights is probably nice for her, too. It's Yeah, it's a really weird thing for those missionaries because my other kids all have, like, schoolwork and, like, work or they've got, you know, things that they're working on that kind of keep them get their minds active and all that. It's a really hard kind of thing for these missionaries that come home who don't have that. They've got, they're coming home to nothing. Especially in a mission where it's so structured and they have a plan and a program every day and an outline of what they're going to do. And then they come home and they're not really productive and they're stuck in quarantine. That would be, that would be really hard. For a while there, they weren't releasing the missionaries. And so when she first came home, she was still set apart. So I kind of sat down with her and we were like, okay, let's get a schedule together just so you don't feel like you're just wandering aimlessly. Right. That did not, that did not last. Oh. (laughs) For those missionaries, it's kind of weird because most of us have some kind of purpose that's kind of driving that we're still working on and they kind of feel like they're. They're in in limbo. They're on hold. In limbo. Yep. Yeah, that's tricky. And kind of nice, too, for your younger kids, too, to hear their older siblings kind of bear testimony and share their experience where they might not have had an opportunity to do that as much. But now they're home and there's so much downtime and you're doing Come Follow Me together. So great. This time is going to be forever seared into their memories. I mean, it's hard. And like I said, weird and kind of disorienting for everyone. But I just think this time is going to be something that nobody's going to forget. Absolutely. I feel the same way. I think, you know, I have two college-age children who have come home because BYU closed and UVU closed. And so now they're home and just being able to have them in our home where they're not off with other friends, they're just with us and having family dinner every night. (laughs) I mean, we're having, gosh, it's amazing. We're sitting down having family dinner, having discussions. We're doing so uniting in such a different way. It's great. Oh, no. The funny thing is not only are we having dinner, but they're actually helping me make it sometimes. Yeah. I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> and cleaning up. It's been really helpful just to not put too much pressure on myself to have any of it be perfect, you know? And when I think about what we do on Sundays, it's perfect for us. Yeah. And there is no perfect way to do it. There, It is just whatever is perfect for your family and what works for your family. And I love in the Come Follow Me program how they say that, you know, just take this and apply it in any way that's relevant to your family. Whatever works for your family is what works. I mean, the ultimate goal is to draw people like Come Follow Me to be like Christ, to develop our relationship with Christ and however that looks for your family. You know, some people do well with big structured one hour meeting and some people do well with the video and an open discussion. You know, there's a lot of ways we can do this. So I like that you shared kind of how you've approached it, not putting a timeline on it and not making it super intensely structured, but just kind of going with where it goes. You know, sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's 20 minutes, you know, whatever. What I want my kids to remember is that we did it. On Sundays, we do this. This is what we do. We have sacrament meeting, we take the sacrament, and we have come follow me, we talk about the gospel. Who knows what it's going to look like in six months or a year? And maybe it's just an opportunity, the Lord, to gather families, because families are so distracted and dispersed and busy and busy with school, busy with work, busy with life and friends. And it's like the family is almost on the back burner, but now we're on the front burner. You know, on high. We're all for it. <laughs> we are the burner, the single burner. <laughs> yeah, it's 
Awesome. And I think that there's been a real focus like in the just in the last couple of years on the Sabbath and, you know, on kind of obviously with Come Follow Me on, you know, worshiping in your home and, and learning and growing together. And so it's just so cool to really put it on a test now, you know, to be tested and given this opportunity to really to kind of practice the things that we've been I mean, I, I guess we've been practicing for this time. It's what it really is. It's so cool. I love it. Right. Like this has been in place for a little over a year. So we've had time to kind of get used to it and make it a habit and kind of, you know, generate this opportunity that we do it in our home every week. And now it is our church. And it just shows how divinely inspired all of this is. And civil marriage, you know, I recently did a podcast about that and how civil marriage is the only option right now. And they made that change over a year, you know, almost a year ago now. President Nelson said this is going to be the biggest, you know, something that's going to be so different. This conference was going to be different than anything you've ever experienced. You know, what is it going to be? Is it going to be in Palmyra? <laughs> like, what are we doing? It's going to be a world through. pandemic. <laughs> I know. And who would have known? You know, like, who could have known? But how, that, how true is that? This is the most different conference that we've ever seen before. And yet it was so special and cool and watching it from our homes and watching, you know, President Nelson and everybody, all the speakers socially distancing in the empty room. I mean, they'll never forget that. I will never forget that. I am so grateful to have a living prophet who can warn us about these things. And so we are prepared and that we're not in panic mode. And we're wondering, how are we going to unify as a church and teach the same thing to all of our families like we would at church? And the church is so amazing that way. The organization and consistency of the church is incredible. I mean, yeah. it's so neat. I, you can I mean, go anywhere in the world. When we go on vacation, we go to church wherever we are. And it's so cool that they're on the same lesson, on the same program, you know, in Turks and Caicos as they are in San Clemente, California. It's so cool. I know. And I thought it was so interesting, just like the unification around the worldwide fast. Yes. Um, you know, seeing on social media people from every different religion who are all saying, can we participate? Can we be part? COVID is kind of done as it's kind of unified us all behind a purpose. So is there anything else you'd like to share um, related to the Come Follow Me program in your home or, I, or any advice you would want to give to other young adult families trying to hold these Come Follow Me's on Sunday? <laughs> you know, what are you doing in your situation? It's all going to be different. And I love that about Come Follow Me is you just can customize it. And you know what? You know what's best for you. You know what's best for your little family or your big family. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll end on that. Thank you so much for your time, Sarah. Thank you for thinking of talking to me about it. <laughs> it was great. Thanks. Love what you're doing. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. And we want to thank you for listening to the What Now podcast. Please rate us and write us a review. We read all comments and they help us find out what is most meaningful to you. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Search Podcast What Now and visit us on the web at podcastwhatnow.com. We never say goodbye. We say, what now? Find out by tuning into our next podcast with great guests and important topics, all in an effort to create more understanding, hope, and healing. I'm Christian Michael, along with Mary Alice Hatch, and this has been a What Now podcast production.